Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Did we already pray? Let's go ahead and do that, and let's just look to the Lord. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight. You're a good and faithful God. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, for directing our lives, for ministering in us and through us. Thank you for great days and great things to come. We honor and bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians 6 and verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now let me read this to you from the New International Version. It says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so we've been studying all kinds of prayer. Again, just to briefly review what we've said, there are different types of prayer that you and I are to be involved with, and we shouldn't just throw them all in one bucket, slosh them around, and come out with, uh, with what we just call prayer and prayer alone without any guidelines, rules, or understanding. Uh, like I said previously about being a person of faith, uh, you can't be a person of faith without being a person of the Word. And here's another thing, you can't be an effective prayer without having Bible in you without having the Word of God established in your heart. Those who just pray apart from the Word oftentimes will pray error, okay? But when we have the Word of God in our hearts established as our guideline, as the, uh, as, as the source of truth, we can pray accurately and we can pray effectively. And how many know that's what gets results? I'm not interested in just getting, going through a bunch of religious activity. If I'm going to pray, and I want God to move. I want to have answers to my prayer. I want things to change. I want people's lives to, to change. And so I must be a word-based prayer. Again, Jesus said in John 15, 7, that if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. When you're full of the word, I tell you what, God can trust you to give you a blank check. When the Word of God is in you, He'll go ahead and trust you in advance. Say, you can just go ahead and ask me for whatever you want. All right, and so it just gives a real strong priority, uh, should be a priority in our lives, to being in the Word, having His Word abide in us. Now, we've been discussing some of the various types of prayer so that we can understand the rules that govern each one and how to effectively pray that type of prayer. Tonight, we want to begin with number four in our list of different types of prayer, and this is the prayer of intercession. Okay, and if you'll look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 2, it's pretty close to where you're at there. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. For this is the will of God. For this is good, excuse me, and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so a lot of our prayers, the different types of prayer that are mentioned there, you can see that we are to pray for kings, for those in authority, to the end result that there is peace in the land. How many know war is not really the will of God? Hopefully it's not the will of you. <laughs> Sometimes it's necessary to uh, obtain a, the end desire of peace. But w the reason we are to pray this way is so that there would be peace because the gospel can be spread in times of peace. 
All right. It's very difficult right now if you wanted to walk down the streets of Baghdad and set up a meeting. You know, and have church. I mean, I'm not talking about the uh, the the persecution you might get from uh, from those who are uh, in Islam, but I'm talking about because there might be bullets flying around your head because of the war and all the different things that are taking place there. And so we want peace in our country. We want peace around the world so the gospel can go forward in all these areas because that's the discussion here. God who desires all to be saved. All right, And so our prayer lives affect directly and really indirectly the salvation of other people. Sometimes you're not even praying for the lost. You're praying for the, for the leaders of our nation to have wisdom and direction from heaven to do the will of God. And as the result of them uh, structuring business in our country correctly and right, more people come into the kingdom of God. How many know that's ultimately the final purpose of everything we do? I mean, I mean, isn't it? It's ultimately so more people will be in heaven. More people will be saved. I mean, uh, praise God. <laughs> There's a lot of subcategories that we pray for. And we're believing for, you know, our own personal lives to be exist, uh, lifted. For us to experience the joy of the Lord. For us to walk in His blessing and favor and all these things. But ultimately... When it's all wrapped up, when we've been raptured out of here, it's about how many people know him and how many people don't know him, okay? And so much of our prayer is to that end. I want to pray for myself that my eyes would be open, that I'd have spiritual understanding and revelation to what end? So I can more accurately declare the will of God, equip the saints to do the work of ministry, meaning more people are going to be saved. Okay, we can really draw it all down to that in the end. And so when we talk about the prayer of intercession, he mentioned that in these verses, that intercessions be made for all men. Uh, and specifically, I think the context is dealing with, it seems to be uh, lost people for the, for the great extent. Intercession, just looking that up in an English dictionary, says it is the action of intervening on behalf of another. Okay, it's the action of intervening on behalf of another. And so uh, we intercede to God for another person. This indicates, I think, that first of all, uh, in, uh, intercession is not made by me for me, but intercession is made by me for somebody else, as opposed to the prayer of faith, for example, is primarily prayed by me, for me, okay? The prayer of intercession is prayed by me for somebody else in all circumstances, and because of this intervening on behalf of another, it seems to me to indicate that there is some type of hindrance or barrier between that other person and God. And that's why I'm stepping in to try to help that person get over the hump. I'm trying to help that person receive from God what they need when there is something in the way. It may be something spiritual, maybe something in their own mind. Oftentimes the case is, and sometimes those both are working in connection together. But something is prohibiting the will of God from transpiring in another person's life. And so my prayers can help make up the, the difference there and get them to where they need to be. 
okay? Uh, when someone is intervening in another person's life through prayer, they are doing so to prevent or alter a result or course of events. In other words, a person is going the wrong way, and we step in through prayer and can actually alter the course of their life. Okay, we know this. It's up to a decision that, we, that they make. People have an own, their own free will. They're going to choose to do what they want to do. But how many know for a whole lot of us, if we simply saw clearly where we were going, you know, if we were going the wrong way, we'd go, why am I doing this? I should be going this way. And so much of that is a result of somebody stepped in there and prayed for that person and their eyes were opened, Right? I do that well. <laughs> Their eyes were open, and so then they clearly made the right choice. I, I would venture to say that the vast majority of us would make the right choice almost all the time, if not all the time, okay, if we simply saw it clearly, all right? And so much of our prayer is, is to help people in the mind, in the mental realm, to remove deception, to obliterate darkness off of a person's life so they can make a correct decision and go forward. Praise the Lord. Well, how many know when, uh, when you talk about faith, this principle holds true that when the light is there, faith is there. When I, when, what do you mean when you say the light? When understanding is there, faith is there. Okay, when the sower went out to sow the word, how many know uh, in one type of ground or the condition of that person's heart, they simply did not understand what was said. They didn't understand what was happening. The, the seed didn't take any root, and so it quickly left them. When you have an understanding, a revelation, that's when faith springs up in your heart. It's not a matter of being able to quote a verse or just know a principle, when you have understanding of the will of God and what He wants to do, uh, then faith arises in your heart. A lack of that will produce just a mental, sometimes mental assent to what is correct. All right, We need to move beyond the realm of just I mentally assent, oh yeah, that's true, I believe the Bible and I believe in Jesus and, and, not, and we need to have a heart revelation and understanding. See, that's why I believe it's more important to be simple when we're talking about the gospel as opposed to complex. All right. Now, if you're dealing with some mental gymnast and they're, uh, you know, they're just real highly educated, you may, if you're able, talk to them on their level. But, you know, the vast majority of people, I mean, and even that person, a vast majority of people simply need the gospel explained clear and simple, like you would talk to a five-year-old. Okay. You, you know, on Sunday... Uh, Joe Morris was mentioning uh, the article that, that spoke of how Willie George has won more people to the Lord than anyone else uh, in, in, I don't know, in America or in the world, or I, I don't know the answer, uh, this complete details of that, but greater than Billy Graham even though, and he mentioned how he got his start, how he was in children's ministry, all right, well, and, and, and still has, you know, effect in, in, that, in that realm, but one of the things that makes him today such an effective communicator with adults is because he understands kids and I think I think if you try to uh, preach too high sometimes and you try to sound deep and complex and man we're really getting into some stuff so a lot of times people go wow that was deep but they don't get it <laughs> you know, it didn't, didn't benefit them but they think wow he sure knows a lot <laughs> 
big whoop-de-doo. Ultimately, we're going to be run over by life and run over by the trials and storms and tests if we don't have understanding of how things work. How many know when you understand a principle, memorization is not even necessary? Because you can memorize a formula, but when you understand how things work, it's not about the formula. It's about, man, I can just do this. Okay? Praise the Lord. And so what we seek and what we desire is understanding. Jesus, remember Jesus said, said to Peter, feed my sheep. He didn't say feed my giraffes. Right? And sometimes, sometimes when you communicate with people, you just have to stay low. <laughs> you know, stay in, that, stay in the area where everybody can, is able to understand, everybody is able to receive. Now, uh, again, intercession is one of many types of prayer, okay? It is obviously inherently unselfish, right? Because you're praying for somebody else. Anybody who is interceding is obviously, they, they carry some degree of maturity because they're mindful of the needs of others instead of just praying about their own stuff. Not wrong to pray about your own stuff, but being an intercessor, someone who prays for another, carries some inherent unselfish qualities. Now, understand this. I, I want to bring these things into balance before we explain a little bit further, but intercession is not the only type of effective prayer. All right. And I know we wouldn't articulate and say that, but some have almost left the impression that uh, uh, intercession or intercessory prayer is way here on the top shelf and it's the most important, the most effective and the most powerful and anyone who's really a prayer, they pray the prayer of intercession and it's, well what about all the other kinds of prayer? See intercession is just one of the many kinds and in fact it's only mentioned a handful of times in the New Testament, alright? And so I do not exalt intercessory type prayer above the other kinds, it's effective and in its place. All right. If I'm supposed to be praying uh, the prayer of faith or just giving thanks to the Lord, I ought not be interceding. All right. And sometimes people call all kinds of prayer interceding, or they refer to any time they're praying in other tongues, they will refer to that as intercessory prayer. Well, that's not accurate. Okay, that's not scriptural. We need to keep it in its place and. Uh, uh, you know, I always wonder sometimes why you hear frequently people will f refer to themselves, and I honor this, these people because of their heart to do this, but people will call themselves, they'll say, I'm an intercessor. But you'd never hear people say, I'm a supplicator. <laughs> and I wonder, well, why? And I think simply it's ignorance of the word. It's a misunderstanding. And again, I don't question the person's motive because I honor the person, whoever, anyone who will spend extended time in prayer and praying for others. Wow. I mean, most people are just too selfish to do that and too busy and too unspiritual to take the time. I mean, well, we'll watch TV for hours, but to pray for hours? Yikes. You know, people's flesh can't handle that. They're too dominated by their flesh to ever spend extended time doing anything spiritual. Amen. How many know uh, someone who's going to pray for more than five minutes, they're going to have their flesh talking to them, okay? Especially if you're not used to doing it, your flesh will try to talk you out of it, okay? We live in an entertainment society. We're used to things moving quick and fast and watching things on TV and just the internet and we got things flying at high speed and sometimes people bring that right on over into church. And if you're going to do any one thing for more than just a, you know, a handful of minutes, it's like, what's going on? What are they going to do next? 
And, and, and if you think about this, how many know it can be right? And we've had this uh, at different times, but not, not, a, not a lot. But it can be right and spiritual in any given service for there to be uh, a time where we do nothing. You know, it could be right in church. It could be the Spirit of God, the absolute will of God for us to come into church and sit. And not do anything. I mean, what do we mean not do anything? Nobody speaking. Nobody singing. Nobody playing a song. Not praying hard and fast in the Spirit. Sitting. Or kneeling. Whatever. Sitting is not the key to that. But simply waiting on the Lord. Listening. Now, how many know, for the most part, a whole lot of people would be really uncomfortable with that. <laughs> and people would be, aren't they going to do anything? I mean, after 30 seconds, if there's a silent, silent period. <clears throat> well, aren't they going to do anything? Aren't they prepared? <laughs> Did someone drop the ball? What's going on here? Some people would start looking around it. <laughs> Not knowing what to do. Because they're so used to having things moving all the time quick. Sometimes being spiritual means you can wait. You can have silence going through your mind. Come on, turn the iPod off. Turn everything off and listen to the Lord. It's very healthy sometimes. Praise God. But I mean, in, the, in a given church service, we don't do that just to do it. But if the Spirit of God were to just uh, manifest in that type of way, man, I'd be happy to do that. In fact, we've done that some. Just like I said, we haven't had that a lot. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if any, any given time we get together, the Spirit of God just comes in and it's just time. Wow, you just reverence God. You feel like you do anything and that would mess it up. Mess up the, spirit, the reverence of the Spirit of God. And uh, praise God. There's a time to shout. Time to be loud, a time to teach, a time to preach, time to pray, time to sing. And sometimes there's a time to wait and just listen to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so be mature enough, be spiritual enough to give time to things. Anyway, I didn't plan on uh, getting into that right now, but it's all good anyway. Uh, but again, uh, intercessory type of prayer is one type of, of prayer, and it's not all types of prayer. Okay, let me give you a couple references. Micah 7.18, Micah 7.18 says that he delights in mercy. Speak, speaking of the Lord, he delights in mercy. Now, not all people are having mercy manifest in their life. They're going through trouble. They're going through hell. They're going through all kinds of hardships. But I want you to know that God delights in mercy. He wants them to experience uh, freedom and relief from their struggles and their pains. And sometimes it's up to another person who will step in and help them get through that through intercessory type of prayer. Now, Ezekiel 33, Ezekiel 33 and verse 11, the Lord says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, listen to the Lord speaking here. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, sometimes we do, but we shouldn't. <laughs> no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? 
Okay, now listen, it's not the will of God. Sometimes people think, man, this person, they've been living bad, they've been doing wrong, and they deserve exactly what they're getting right now. They've sown and they're, they're reaping. I want you to know that when a person sows bad things, God still doesn't want them to reap. I mean, that is what's going to happen unless something steps in to avert that. But God doesn't want it to happen. Okay, we must understand the difference between the will of God And what actually happens in life, what actually happens in the earth, God delights in mercy and he takes no pleasure in people going down. He takes no pleasure in the wicked suffering or anyone suffering for that matter. And it's one of the reasons we have been given the authority to step up to the plate and avert some of these negative forces from taking place in people's lives. Okay, Uh, when it comes to prayer, and this is real important for New Testament intercession, we do not have to convince God to do good. You are not going to get on your knees and God is wanting to bust some heads and knock some people apart, but you're going to get in there and say, Lord, no, you're not. I want you to know that God is a good God before you ever thought about prayer. Before you ever wanted someone's life to be spared or good and not evil to come, God had thought of it way before you. Amen. And in the new covenant, how many know that that Jesus has already stood in the gap? He has already taken up. Uh, uh, the, the barrier that has come between God and mankind. Jesus took judgment. He took the wrath of God so that God could freely extend mercy and grace and peace to all. And that's God's position. He loves more than you and I do. And sometimes it's a matter of that person and spiritual attack from dark forces that, is, that are taking them out. And that's where we're going to step in and pray out the will of God and pray in protection and help and health and salvation for people who are lost and in despair and cut off from the mercy and grace of God but God's mercy and grace is still there there's just circumstances that are keeping them from it and that's why we're going to step in and pray and make a difference in people's lives now second Peter chapter 3 if you, if you turn over there with me second Peter chapter 3 this says something similar to what we read in first Timothy there second Peter 3 and verse 9, 3-9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. So doesn't the Lord ever just get really ticked off and say, Man, I, does He ever think, Man, I'm, I just wish you'd go to hell? No. No. You know how we watch, uh, you know, read books or watch movies and things. And, you know, when the bad guy gets it at the end, you really feel good. (laughs) Come on now, be honest. (laughs) You really think, don't just take them out real quick. Make them suffer a little bit. (laughs) Because you see all the bad things that they've done and you kind of really want them to get it. (laughs) I want you to understand that God wants that person to be forgiven. Hmm. Now, if they don't turn, they will get what they deserve but it's the will of God that all should repent do you know that there are people in heaven today who have done horrible horrible things while they were on the earth oh horrible despicable I mean if they were standing in front of us we 
we'd want to take them out ourselves. But they turned. They did repent. And they got the mercy of God. You know a whole lot of that about the reason for that is because somebody prayed for them. Somebody, Jesus did the work, he paid the way, and somebody prayed for them that they would see, that their, their eyes would be open. Uh, go over to Matthew chapter 9. This is one of the things that we do pray for people who are separated from God, people who are not walking in the light of his, his will and his word. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, Jesus said, but when he saw the multitude, the scripture said, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now, how many know, just to, just to throw this side thought in, he saw them as sheep scattered, not having a shepherd. <laughs> sheep scattered, not having a shepherd. How many know they were rebellious? They were not serving God. It would have been easy to look at them that way. You could have looked around and said, why don't these people just do what's right? Why don't these people just seek God? Why don't they go where their help is coming from? And he saw it completely different. How do we know we have a choice? Listen to me now. We have a choice how we see people. When people are doing wrong, they're evil in their ways, they're not serving God, we can look at them and think, that rebellious thing, they deserve everything they're getting. Or we can take a higher, the higher ground and look at them like Jesus looked at them. He saw what they were lacking. He thought, man, if they had a shepherd, they wouldn't be acting that way. They wouldn't be scattered. They wouldn't be apart. They would see what people need. See what, uh, and say, what can I do about that? Well, here's where you can start, is you pray. Because look, look what Jesus went on to say. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so how are we going to intercede for the lost Here's one of the primary ways to do so is we're praying that the Lord would send, want to send someone to talk to them, okay? Because how many know the word then is sharper than any two-edged sword? It'll divide between soul, uh, soul and spirit, uh, between joint and marrow, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word will go forth and divide and bring some light and salvation to people, but it's our prayers that gets people on the job, sends people into, into our lives. Praise the Lord. And I think many of us, we're saved because someone talked to us, but who knows how much prayer went before that person ever talking to us? Who knows how much prayer was given to help that person be inspired and know what to say? And how much prayer was given so that when we heard the word, we'd see it. And it wouldn't just go in one ear and, and pass right on through and go out the other ear. And so, uh, again, Jesus is the intercessor. How many know he hung between heaven and earth on our behalf? What we do in prayer now is based upon that gap being filled. The gap has been filled, and now we are praying so people can see that it's true. People can acknowledge God in all their ways and let Him direct them. Go, go over to Romans chapter 8. Some of the practicality of this uh, is, is really about the Spirit-filled life. And uh, how many know a Spirit-filled believer is the most effective or at least they have the ability to have the most effective prayer life 
all right? And if, if some of you will acknowledge this, and you can readily see this by experience, that you were saved, but when you were filled or baptized with the Spirit, your prayer life took on a new dimension. And you all of a sudden have access and an ability to pray in ways you've not prayed before. And you can tap into some things here that the average Joe who just can pray with their understanding, they can't tap into this, okay? It's not available to them. It's, this is prayer on a supernatural level. How, how many know that, that uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues, those are distinct to our uh, dispensation. They weren't in the Old Testament. They weren't in the days and, and ministry of, of Jesus' natural life on the earth. But since the day of Pentecost, for the last 2,000 years, God has allowed us to pray in a special way so that we can have special things happen. And great is the advance of God's kingdom in this day and this hour. And God is on the move through us. He's on the move through many people across the world. And it is up to spirit-filled believers. Come on now. We don't disregard the efforts and work of anyone else and all who, are, all who call upon His name, but those who are filled with the Spirit in this day and this hour must take up the mantle that's been given to them and they must go forward and deal with the realm of the Spirit so God's Spirit can move unhindered and free in the earth. Praise God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 it says, he, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And so how, how many know the work of the Lord is complete, but at the same time, Jesus continues to stand between the Father and us. We continue to go to the Father through him. And Jesus has accomplished the work, but I want you to know he's still pulling for you. <laughs> Why? Because not all of us are really walking in the fullness of what Jesus accomplished at the cross and through redemption. He provided the way. He provided the how. He provided everything we could ever need and want and desire. And now he's standing there and he's still on our side, still pulling for us, still making a will, still making a way and, and intervening on our behalf so that we could walk in and receive the abundance of all that he has for us. Praise God. Now back up to the 26th verse. Okay, it says in verse 26, likewise the Spirit also. Now, when you say likewise, I know we're not covering all the context, but that's likewise, just like the earth is, is uh, in bondage and it's groaning and waiting for the redemption and so forth. It says in verse 26, likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, uh, first of all, understand that the Spirit here, that's the first part, says He helps our weaknesses. All right. First of all, first of all what are our weaknesses? Well, specifically in context here, our weakness is a lack of knowing what we should pray for. Okay. Sometimes, you know, this Bible says pray for all saints, pray for all men and all. Well, that's pretty general, right? And there are times when, when you are wanting to pray about a circumstance, but you don't know what specifically to pray. You don't know the exact details of how you're to go about that. I mean, it's not that, we, it's not that when we are spirit-filled, we check out of our, using our brain. We don't want to take this and say, okay, now I'm spirit-filled. I just pray in the spirit, pray in other tongues about everything. Not to be so, 
Because that's the perfect prayer. That's praying the will of God. Well, it absolutely is, but it's not to override every other type of prayer. Okay? If someone's only praying in other tongues, they're never using their brain and speaking the word, I think they're kind of, you know, out there. I think they're kind, they, can be, they can tend to be kind of strange. Okay? Get out there in Flakyville. Pray all kinds of prayer. But again, the Spirit will help us to know what to pray. Our weakness is sometimes, man, we are limited. We don't know everything, and we don't understand everything, and we don't always know what to do and, and how to do it. If you've never faced that, you've never prayed. <laughs> if you've never faced that, you've never tried to help somebody. If you've never run into a situation and you thought, man, I need supernatural help on this one. I just, in my mind, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how exactly what to say. But thank God the Spirit of God will help us in that regard. Now, the word help there is interesting. It, 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 it comes from a huge, long Greek word. I'll try to pronounce it if you want me to. It'll sound like I'm speaking in tongues. It, it's a sunintilambanomai. Praise the Lord. The interpretation of that word, <laughs> it simply means, you can look it up, this up in the Strong's, it means to take hold of opposite together. Okay? One Greek scholar said, said it this way, to take hold together with against. In other words, when the Spirit of God is going to help us, He is going to take hold together with against the opposition or against whatever is in the way. But when we pray and when we intercede, this is how the Spirit of God will help us. He grabs a hold of that thing with us in the Spirit. It's not about the Holy Spirit doing our praying for us. When it says here the Spirit, let me see how it says it exactly. That the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. That doesn't mean He's out there praying and we're just saying, yay, Holy Spirit, <laughs> pray away. No, but how many know prayer is our responsibility, but He will take hold together with, against the situations and things that people are dealing with, the weight of whatever those problems are. The Spirit of God will grab a hold, or with it, hold together with us. So understand this, that if I'm not taking care of my half, He's not taking care of the other half. He's not helping me if I'm not doing something. Those who say, well, the Lord, is, the, the Lord does it and we just help Him have got it completely backwards. If I'm not doing, the Lord is not helping me do. Because He's my helper. If I'm involved with nothing, He would then be helping me do nothing, which is nothing. Okay, so if I want the work of the Spirit of God to be active in my life, I must be busy at work praying. Then and only then will I ever access this supernatural hooking up, this connecting in the Spirit where He helps me to get things done. All right, now I can tell you, I can just tell you this is experience. Not in every situation and in all circumstances does the Holy Spirit connect with you to pray about it. I've found that sometimes I want to change something really bad in someone else. 
And I want them to get it. Man, I want this thing to be real. I want them. And I start to pray in the Spirit. And I don't get a hookup. It's like I'm pulling. And he's not helping. So what do you do? You go on to something else. Are you listening? You could pray. I mean, you, pray the, you can pray in your understanding. But you can tell many times. When you're praying with the help of the Spirit, you're praying in the Spirit, and you're going along, and you're praying, and all of a sudden, and sometimes it's more gradual, but you can tell as you're going, wow, this is not just me. This is not just me praying. It's not just coming out of my Spirit. I can tell it's me praying by the Spirit. And he's, He has connected with me, and He's hooked up, and now I'm, we're carrying this thing together. Oh, and that's when it gets really good. That's, and I'll show you how, how as we get, get down here, how, how, the, how that works. But again, the Spirit of God is helping us. Uh, notice this phrase here. We should mention this. He says, he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, what in the world is that? Groanings, okay? I know some people who've gotten really weird with the whole groaning thing, okay? And we want to avoid weird. I like what Joe said, you'll be filled with power, not weirdness. Right? When you get baptized in the Spirit. Okay? You can be completely normal and powerful. Yet this is, right here, the Spirit uh, intercedes, with a, intercedes with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right? Let me bring this out in a couple ways. First of all, uh, there is one uh, Greek scholar who was top of his field in the day. His name is P.C. Nelson. Okay? He said that this actually meant and this is one person's understanding of the Greek he said he would say it this way with groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech is what that means not that it couldn't be voiced at all but it couldn't be uh, uttered in articulate speech and could be referring to of course to some degree praying in other tongues or praying in the spirit all right now at the same time we have examples in the Bible of groaning a couple of those are in John chapter 11 when Jesus the Bible said that Jesus groaned in the spirit in relationship to uh, Lazarus being dead before Lazarus was raised from the dead Jesus was approaching the situation and he groaned within himself what is that I think sometimes people have had this uh, this thing going on inside of them, and they and they were they, there was a grieving, and it was really the spirit of God in them grieved about something that was happening. Something was going the wrong way, contrary to His will, and He was grieved by it. And because we're paying attention and spiritual, we have the same thing. It's like you just want to go. Ugh. And what is that? Well, very well is the spirit making intercession helping us and that groaning is not just some kind of crazy thing it's God dealing with that thing in the spirit okay and you perceive that and you're groaning in yourself did, did, did Jesus do that yes okay and he was living in a different dispensation so I know he wasn't speaking in tongues right okay and if you come on over to uh, Galatians chapter 4 
Galatians 4 and verse 19, the Apostle Paul wrote, My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. What is this laboring in birth he's talking about? And he said he's doing it again. Well, I've never done that, but I've been around. And, uh, <laughs> and, and sometimes when a, a woman is giving birth and she's laboring in birth, well, <laughs> I'm not going to try to duplicate any sounds. <laughs> but Paul, apparently, in his prayer and he, what he did to get people into the body of Christ, there was some travail involved with that. Okay, And he said, I'm doing it again now so that you can be matured and walk in the fullness of Christ. And, and so you'll grow up into the things of God. Apparently, this is one of the ways that the Spirit of God moves through a believer in a method of intercession. Again, it's not something that I do on my own. It's not something I conjure up in my own flesh. There is prayer that I can initiate, and I can begin praying for any person at any time by my own will, my own desire and love for them to do well. But what am I looking for now? What I truly desire is a Spirit-led prayer life, and that's what this is all about. Okay, I'm praying, yes, the love of God is in me. I've got a right to initiate and to speak the name of Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit will connect with me and help me picking up the other side of this, he'll take hold together with me against that problem. We're going to get something done. We're going to get some things moved here. Some things are going to be accomplished. The Holy Spirit doesn't, again, do our praying for us, but he helps us to pray out his will. You know, I've used this illustration in, in talking about other uh, things like the grace of God, but the moving sidewalk at the airport, okay? There's one thing for you to walk. It's another thing for you to hop, hop on that moving sidewalk, and now you're really cruising, okay? You're moving a lot faster with the same amount of effort, and when the Spirit of God will connect with you in prayer, you were praying, you were getting some things done, but now He grabbed to hold, hold with you together against that problem, and you're cruising now. Okay, and you can tell when there's a connection there and you're really getting things done in the Spirit. This is important that we take up this mantle, okay? Like I said to you moments ago by the Spirit prophesying to you in this message, it's important that we take up this mantle in, this, in these days and speak out the things that we're supposed to speak out and deal with things that are going wrong, deal with things that are not going right. Come on now, when people are lost, people are hurting, or things are going wrong in our nation, you and I have the Spirit of truth in us. Come on, we have the Word of God in the name of Jesus, and we must rise up and do business in the spirit come on now it's not all about our lives it's not all about our next day it's about the bigger picture the bigger picture of God's plan for all of mankind things must be done there must be a quick quick work in the day in which we live there must be things accomplished now because if they're not they won't ever be accomplished many people will suffer many people will die if it's not for people who know their God to rise up and be strong and do exploits praise God now if we keep going down here here a little bit further uh, in verse 27 it says now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God again it's talking about making intercession connecting with us and praying and helping us pray uh, this is all done according to whose will according to the will of God when we're praying that you have no reason to question that you are praying the exact perfect will and plan of God 
Oh, it's powerful. It changes things, okay? And now we run into the next verse, and we'll try to finish up with this. But that's this when you run into verse 28. It says, and, how many know uh, when you read the word and, you know that that's not the first idea, the first thought. And is a continuation, right? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Too many times people remove that verse from its setting. And this is not one of those universal principles that applies to all people, all times, and of all circumstances. And it's indiscriminate of anything that's happening. This verse is directly connected to the previous verses via the word and. Okay, I can't say just without any clarification or qualification that, the, that all things are going to work together for good in your life or anyone else's life. Are you listening? First of all, this verse qualified itself by saying for those who love God are called according to His purpose. So we know it's specific to that. But because of it beginning with the word and, and this Bible was not written with chapter and verse. That's just the next, just the next thought. Okay, meant translators added the numbers to help us reference it, but it's not a new verse, it's not a new subject, it's a continuation of someone being, of someone praying with the inspiration and help of the Spirit of God. Okay, when, what's this saying? That everything's going to work, work good, that you can just live in sin and, and everything else and, and uh, everything's going to work out fine. Or even that, that a person who, who does love God is called according to his purpose, that things are automatically going to all work out for good in their life. I've known people who loved God, were called according to His purpose, died young and left families, uh, uh, you know, to survive on their own, and, and people backslid as a result of watching it. Didn't work out together for good. Anyway, I give many illustrations along that line, but I think we understand the point if we really take a, 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 a clear look at these things, not try to put a spiritual spin on it and try to make this verse apply to everyone in every circumstance and situation. This is in reference to someone praying by the Spirit of God and praying out the will of God. When the Spirit helps a Christian make intercession, he takes hold together with against the problem and they pray these things out in the spirit the perfect will of God you can be sure that all these things will work together for good and they might be in the middle of a struggle in the middle of a battle in the middle of a storm and you've known you've already prayed about that you've already got the victory you finished your prayer and joy came bubbling up in your heart you laughed a little bit in the spirit you know the answer is there these things are already taken care of and you can look him in the face and say, you know what? It's all going to work together for good. It's all going to be fine. The devil came to harm. The devil came to steal and destroy. came to rip you off. But God has intervened. And things have turned around for you this day. And things will be better than they've ever been before. The will of God is being accomplished in your life. That's good. Amen? And that's really what this verse is talking about. Not talking about for us to just slap this on in every situation, every funeral. Just throw that out and say it's all going to work out together for good. Well, I don't know that God had anything to do with that. And God's not taking people out early, right? <laughs> and, so, and so we need to understand these scriptures in context so we can accurately and rightly divide the word of truth. I know this, man, God wants us to pray. He really does. And what's our prayer to be focused on? Well, there's a number of things that prayer is focused on. But when people have opposition in their life, when people are separated from God for some reason, they're unable to obtain their victory, maybe they're just walking in complete darkness, it's up to us to stand up and intercede and make a difference. Come on now, how many people will be in heaven? We're going, but how many people will be in heaven 
as a result of our prayers. How many people will, will be up there and they'll come in and say, and they'll come up to you and say, you interceded and I'm here. Praise the Lord. Because I think all of us are going to have someone to thank. <laughs> I know for certain. We're all going to have, you know, of course the Lord, but uh, someone that the Lord used, we're going to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm here. Praise God. I, I'm saved. I'm redeemed because you had a part to play in that. Let's have a part to play in someone else's salvation. Amen. This does not, not uh, take away at all for a second the responsibility of actually speaking the truth in love and sharing with people the love and mercy and, and, and forgiveness that, are, that Jesus has provided. But prayer goes right in along with that. Amen. And we need to be praying. We need to be believing God. And sometimes, you know, according to 2 Corinthians 4, 4, people are in darkness simply because the God of this world has come to blind the minds of those who don't believe, lest they should see the glorious gospel of Christ. And it's up to us to pray so that people can see. Pray so that darkness and bondages are removed and they are relieved from those things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand up. Glory to God. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the life of God, the love of God. Thank you for healing and health, the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Lord, we believe that you are at work. You are mightily at work in our midst, working in us, working through us. We will not be denied, and we will not be dismayed and discouraged in any circumstance. But we stand together with you and with the Spirit who is our paraclete, who is our helper. He stands together with us. And, Lord, we are here to bring the gospel to the world, to pray people out of and to pray victory into people's life, pray people out of their problems and out of their struggles, to hold back the forces of darkness and to let the glorious gospel and light of Jesus Christ shine through. We take up this, our place this day and in this hour to go forward in your name, and we will not be discouraged. We'll not be moved by what we see and what we feel. But we take you at your word today. And Lord, thank you for moving mightily in us and through us. Everybody say it out loud. I will not be denied. I will walk in all of God's best. I am not led by what I see and feel. But I'm led by the word. To me, that's more real. The Spirit of God who lives inside will lead me as I go, and I'll do what's right. Hallelujah. Father, thank you now.